0: Welcome to Oswald Didn't Do It, a podcast looking at curious angles of the John F. Kennedy assassination that lead to the possible belief that Oswald didn't do it. I'm trying to take a look at different angles and trying to provide particularly new to the assassination assessment committee, uh, community um, reasons to think that the official story is garbage, is absolute garbage. And I'm trying to get people to think for themselves and try to do research from things that already exist. Research like articles, or um, FBI documents, all of which are better than reading, well, a lot of the tripe books that are out there. Today's episode is Oswald's Work History at the TSBD and ask me questions if I was confusing. Um, this is a bit of a compendium podcast. I've been picking things up here and there, heck, different decades, different weeks, etc. And one of the things that comes to mind is a frame of reference. A frame of reference. Let's say you, whoever you are, go talk to a seven-year-old girl. Seven-year-old girl, you're familiar with her. She's relatively smart, uh, knows what's going on. Uh, however, you want to phrase that, and you ask her, "When did cell phones start to show up? When did cell phones?" start to show up? What do you think her answer would be? Heck, you can even do that. I'd love it if somebody go out and ask a seven-year-old, when do you think that cell phones started to show up? Because to the seven-year-old person right now, cell phones are inseparable from life as we know it. Pretty much everyone has a cell phone. Everyone in her life, Probably has a cell phone, unless they're a little tiny baby. You have people, they have cell phones, or maybe they don't have a cell phone, but they borrow their mom's cell phone or whatever. Cell phones are everywhere. You cannot escape cell phones now. So an aware seven-year-old girl, cell phones are as much of a given as hospitals or automobiles. They just exist. They've always existed. There has never been a time in a seven-year-old's life where cell phones haven't existed. You've always had selfies. You've always taken pictures on cell phones. They have always been in existence. However, if you go back far enough, like to 1963... There weren't people having cell phones. There weren't people having cell phones. Abraham Zapruder had a film projector. (coughs) And because he had his film projector, we have a videotape of the assassination that is somewhat complete. But we didn't have on the site 78 people in Dealey Plaza. Hey, I'm going to go take a selfie picture with the president and Miss Kennedy. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be a blast. I'm going to jump in front. Oh, wait a minute. What are these shots doing? I'm going to take my cell phone and I'm going to run the cell phone. I'm going to start taking videotape of what's going on up that yonder over there hill. I'm going to go into the book depository and I'm going to see if I can go find a mauser or an enfield or whatever inside the texas school book depository and i'm going to take my cell phone with me because that's a good way to that didn't happen it didn't happen people did not have cell phones back in the day it didn't happen it wasn't how things were back in the 60s back not don't even have to go anywhere near that far cell phones were not a thing. As technology advances, things become possible, and then they go from possible to likely to can't live without them. I remember somebody once talking about hotels and cable television. Now, again, I don't know how old you are. I don't know how old you are. But driving through Iowa to or from Omaha, Nebraska, oftentimes our family would be looking for a hotel motel. We got to pull over. Family's getting a little bit tired for the night. When I find some place to have dinner, crash out in a motel, and then finish off the rest of the trip in the morning. And you're looking for a hotel-motel. Okay, which hotel-motel? Hey, that one there. That one has cable television. Back in the mid-70s, a hotel or motel with a cable television notification on their sign That was huge. Instead of having three channels to choose from, you might get to choose from four or even five channels. Five channels. Can you imagine that? You have a television, and it has five different channels with shows on. Can you possibly imagine? Well, now everybody has cable television. Everybody has cable television. All the motels have cable television. They have seven different movie channels. Now, cable television isn't a thing, but back in the 70s, it was. Things develop, things modify, and some things that were popular back in the day get very popular later. Some things do not get popular later. Now, some of you are probably wondering, what the heck is he talking about, and what does this have to do with the Kennedy assassination? Roll yourself back to, hmm, how far back do we want to go? How far back do we want to go? Mid-80s? Mid-80s. Let's go mid-80s. I'm familiar with the mid-80s. You receive your check for your pay at your job. On Friday, you receive your check at your workplace on Friday. When does your bank close? In the the mid-80s. In the mid-80s, when does your banking facility close for the day so you can no longer do any business? Now, some of you who are young say, heck, I don't care, I got uh, direct deposit. I don't even, you know, it just appears online eh, in my uh, online bank account. eh, And all I do is look when I get home and make sure that it's already been deposited. Eh. Those didn't happen in the 80s. You didn't have an online bank account with a PIN number. Didn't happen. Wasn't how it was done. You would take your check and you would mad dash sprint to the banking facility to the bank branch and try to get your check deposited before the bank would close on Friday. Couldn't get that done. Then maybe you'd do it on Saturday when you had up until about noon to get your banking done. Something like that. That's how it used to be. Okay. Some of you are nodding uh mildly, or yeah, that's actually how it worked. Um, But still, what does that have to do with the way Lee Harvey Oswald was employed at the Texas School Book Depository? Let's go back. In one of the articles I was reading uh, from the, um, the Third Decade, Third decade turned to the fourth decade. So there were like eight years of it. It was it was a very nice publication and I'm quite enjoying it. Maryfarrell.org. Go to Maryfarrell.org and type in the fourth decade. Click your way through two episodes of the backlog of pick out an article uh, pick out a let's see, what was it? I think there were six episodes. There are six uh Six magazines per year. Pick one. Pick an article that looks interesting to you. Take a little time, a little bit, learn a little bit of something. And again, it's not going to be every specific article is going to be exactly written for you. But very often, at least one of the articles will bring a bit of knowledge, a bit of depth, a bit of truth to you. Okay. So we are now, time machine, we are now back in the 1960s. We're in Dallas, Texas. It's the 1960s. How is Lee Harvey Oswald getting paid? How is Lee Harvey Oswald getting paid? Walk me through the entire process. I'll just sit here. I'll just sit here and wait. I'll let you explain to me. How Lee Harvey Oswald is getting paid. He started at the school book depository in what late September? I think he was paid three times, as I remember. And it was really kind of a hinky setup. It's kind of a hinky setup because you would imagine, oh, okay, well, you would have the, um, the accountancy department creates the blank check, and the blank check, and the uh, the numbers run across the screen, and the uh, letters get typed in for his name, and the deposit place at the bank at the de- no, 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 no. Lee Harvey Oswald didn't have, to the best of anybody's knowledge, a checking account or a savings account. He got paid. So I remember looking through one of the articles, it's like $105.27 for every two weeks, or something like that. So he would get a $100 bill, a smaller note, and five or six pieces of change. There you go, you're paid. A little bit different than it is now, right? A little bit different. Now, wh- what about his uh, work records? Well, really, um, they weren't. They weren't. There there weren't work records as we would know them now. We don't have situations of, well, these are the official days that he worked. These are the official days that he had off. These, No, that wasn't how it worked. His job was, we're going to pay you a certain amount for a certain period of time. And when that certain period of time lapses, we will give you money, and then you will have money, and then you can go do with that money whatever the heck you want. You can go spend it in a gin joint. you can go spend it uh, you know, on uh improving your Russian. you You can do with it whatever you want. You can go out and buy rifles. you can do whatever you want with them. But here's the money. Now go away. That's basically how it worked. He was getting paid. I think I can put this pretty much safely off the books as far as anything that we would know of in a Sarbanes-Oxley sort of environment where you know you have ledgers and stuff. We don't know what days Lee Harvey Oswald was at work. We don't know. Why don't we know? Because nobody really cared. It really wasn't. Let's take somebody other than Lee Harvey Oswald, who was just like Lee Harvey Oswald, but wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald, doing basically the same thing. I think there are about four or five people who are filling the orders. Wesley Buell Fraser was probably... I don't know if he was actually doing the same thing or a bit above as far as pay grade. But... Uh, what would end up happening, orders would get filled, orders would get sent, and everyone was happy. As long as the orders were properly shipped and properly received, there were no worries. Nobody had a log of, yes, Mr. Oswald went and took a piss break on this day at 17 minutes after 10 a.m. Nobody cared. Nobody was worried about it. All they were trying to do is, there's stuff we're trying to do, we're doing it the way it's done here now. So what does that mean in a broader scope? Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald showed up for his job, or he didn't. Do we know what days he was there? One of the articles, somebody talked about the uh, the furniture mart and how he and potentially Marina and potentially his two children went to a furniture mart to try to uh, get his gun worked on, his rifle, have a scope added to his rifle. Um, very good story in one of the earlier versions, uh, one of the earlier... Um, the third decade releases. Um, you know, if you figure out the exact day, this is the specific day that Lee Harvey Oswald was potentially at this furniture mart. I think it ends up being like November ninth, maybe November eighth or no, November ninth, something. But no, they they did the basic research, and it ends up being on this day, November 8th or November 9th, he may or may not have been at this furniture mart. Well, where are the records that say whether Lee Harvey Oswald was at the Texas School Book Depository doing that sort of stuff on that specific day? There are no records. There are no records, just like there are no cell phones, just like there's no records of any financial transactions. There's nothing. That's how it was in the 60s. Tie in a little bit of back, oh, geez, what would this have been? 15 years ago? 15 years ago, it hit me how bothersome it was that Lee Harvey Oswald did not have any proper legal representation. I'll probably have more on that eventually, but back then nobody cared. <laughs> oh, okay, he probably did it. We think he probably did it. Well, where where's the where where are the people who are getting outraged? That no, there there are no people that are getting outraged. He's not going to get represented by a lawyer, and that's the way it's going to be. Because this is Texas, this is the 1960s, and we are not going to do what anyone says regarding civil liberties. That's how it was. When we put our expectations on what should have been happening back in the 1960s, it's not going to work that way. It's not going to work that way. Whether police were in Jack Ruby's facility at night, late, around closing time, possibly getting benefits that the regular citizenry would not get normally, if that's how it was, That's how it was in Texas at the time. That's how it was in Dallas at the time. Forcing your present-day morals or your present-day technology or your present-day expectations onto what should have happened back in Dallas in 1963 isn't going to work. It's not going to work. There was no Sarbanes-Oxley. There were... No computer pin access codes. They didn't exist. What happened in Dallas in 1963 is what happened in Dallas in 1963. Should it have been that way? Probably not. Should the FBI have inherited and eliminated? All the information on Lee Harvey Oswald by the time Monday rolled around? Probably not. It is what apparently happened. Is that good for the country? Oh, heck no. (laughs) Should there be some repercussions? Yeah, there probably should be, but you know what? There won't be. There probably won't be. Because first off, that's the way it was back then. And second off, the FBI has more authority than I do or you do. As we look back to how Lee Harvey Oswald was paid or how his work records were tracked back in the 1960s, Those were victims of their times. As nice as it would be to say, well, here is a clear and shiny photo picture of, these are the days that Lee Harvey Oswald was an employee at the Texas School Book Depository, and these were the days that he was actually on the facility doing work, and this was when he went and took a piss break. This is when he went to the second floor lunchroom. This is when he went out onto the steps. This is when he didn't see Robert McNeil on November 22nd. It would be nice if we had that information, but we don't. And if we're going to expect everything from back then to conform to our way of thinking because it would be convenient and helpful and nice and all that kind of stuff, it's not going to happen ever. Find articles, find sources that educate you. Find sources that tell you things that keep you enthused about doing JFK research. Whatever that is. The cool thing about this, the cool thing about the Kennedy assassination research community, whatever it is that fascinates you, You can probably find some angle of it that, hey, you know, I can probably look into this. Now, I'm not very good at a lot of things. I'm perfectly willing to admit it. I'm not really good at a whole lot of things. And some people would say, yeah, including podcasts. And I wouldn't argue with it. What I can do is tell you things in the 1960s were different than they are now. People did not run around with cell phones. People did not do their banking online. People did not have direct deposit into checking and savings accounts when they didn't have checking and savings accounts. The way it worked was how it worked. His three paychecks that Lee Harvey Oswald received were actually more than likely, here's some cash, now go away. That's how it worked. There are no records of which days that he was wherever. Like I say, I'll be back to that later. But don't have your expectations for what's going on in 2022 be exactly the same as for what would have been happening in 1963 in Dallas when John F. Kennedy was murdered by somebody that was not Lee Harvey Oswald. Thanks for stopping by. Oswald didn't do it. And I will have another podcast up shortly.